Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch, and it's time for this sports break to talk a little bit about sports history that's made every day of the year, and we try to preserve it by talking about the great sporting events that happened on a certain date, and today's date, July 5th, and some of the uniform numbers the players wore. There's a bunch of uniforms we're going to talk about today. Numbers 4, 5, 14, 36, 12, 25, and jersey number 24. And it all starts off with our great feature post that was on July 5th, 1898, and Lizzie Arlington became the first woman to play professional men's baseball when she pitched the ninth inning for the Reading Coal Heavers against the Allentown Peanuts. The young female phenom allowed two hits and walked a batter, but preserved the game for the Coal Heavers in a 5-0 win over the Peanuts. In the months leading up to this day in the spring of 1898, sporting and theatrical promoter William J. Connor hired Ms. Arlington for the sum of $100 a week and negotiated with the Atlantic League president, Edgar G. Barrow, for her to sign a minor league contract. She showed up in the baseball annals later that year while pitching for the reserve team of the Philadelphia Nationals and continued to pitch and play infield against several professional clubs and exhibition games around the country throughout that whole summer. Now she got the experience to prepare for her brief career by playing a lot of ball with her father and brothers in her younger years. A throng of spectators showed up that day for the game in anticipation that Lizzie would take the field, and they had to be excited when she did and made history. According to the report, she entered the field with much fanfare, arriving to the mound in a stylish, quote, carriage drawn by two white horses, end quote, and responding to applause by lifting her cap, revealing her hair done in the latest fashion. She wore black stockings and a gray uniform with knee-length skirt, and during the pregame practice, Arlington played second base like a professional, quote, even down to expirating her hands and wiping them on her uniform, end quote, per a report in a newspaper that we have posted there from the Reading Times, uh, July 6, 1898, from newspapers.com. July 5th, 1934, Lou Gehrig, wearing number four, hit a record 17th career Grand Slam as the Yankees won 8-3 versus the Washington uh, baseball team at the Senators that time, and they passes Babe Ruth's total in uh, home runs for Grand Slams, that is, uh, with MLB. July 5th, 1937, New York Yankees outfielder Joe DiMaggio, wearing number five, hit his 20th home run of the season in his first career Grand Slam in an 8-4 win versus the Boston Red Sox. July 5th, 1947, history was made in the American League on this day as Cleveland Indians rookie Larry Doby became the first black player in American League when he struck out in a 6-5 loss versus the Chicago White Sox. Doby had on the number 14 jersey in his inaugural season as he was the second player of color behind the legendary Jackie Robinson in playing in the Major League Baseball League. 
uh, July 5th, 1953. Do you like to hear about the amazing streaks? Well, check this one out. Phillies pitcher Robin Roberts, wearing his number 36 jersey, stood tall on a mound to throw his 28th consecutive Major League Baseball complete game with a 2-0 win over the Pirates of Pittsburgh. 28 games in a row. Complete games in a row. Wow. Uh, July 5th, 1961, St. Louis Cardinals first baseman Bill White wore number 12 and crushed three home runs to go along with an additional double in a 9-1 route of the Los Angeles Dodgers. July 5th, 1987, Oakland A's first baseman number 25 Mark McGuire became the first rookie to hit 30 home runs before the MLB All-Star Game as Oakland defeated the Red Sox 6-2. And on July 5th, 1989, Barry Bonds, wearing the Pirates' number 24, homers in Pittsburgh in a 6-4 loss to the San Francisco Giants. Speaking of the Giants, well, his father played for them for a few years. And as a matter of fact, by hitting that home run, he joined his father, Bobby Bonds, who wore number 25 for the majority of his career on the Giants. As the MLB father-son home run record holders, they ended up having a total of 408 uh, that day between the two of them. So just some great uh, history of sports, especially in the baseball realm. And how about Lizzie Arlington, first woman to play Major League Baseball back in the 19th century. Hope you enjoyed this sports break with some great sports history. You can find more at sportshistorynetwork.com, on jerseydispatch.com, and pigskindispatch.com. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great sports history day. Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.